Today's episode is brought to you by Alive with Purpose. Alive with Purpose provides beautiful, high-quality, hand-dyed yarns for a cause. A portion of all sales proceeds benefits mental health-supporting organizations in Minnesota. While the name doesn't necessarily scream yarn, your purchase will effectively reaffirm that all persons, regardless of diagnosis, are indeed alive with purpose. From now through August 31st, 2020, enter coupon code CIA2020 for a 15% discount on any purchase. Go to alivewithpurpose.org to learn more. Thank you so much, Alive With Purpose. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 175 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we're talking about building a business in knitting with my guest, Gigi Glassby. Gay Glassby, aka Gigi Made It, better known as Gigi, is a 50-something-year-old who fell in love with knitting late in life, just in the last nine or 10 years. She is self-taught via YouTube and some wonderfully friendly yarn stores, and she's obsessed with all things orange. Gigi discovered knitting during a very challenging time in her life. Knitting is her ride or die, her BFF, her kind of therapy. Knitting has also become a beautiful bridge into a world of wonderful people and a way to universally connect with others. Gigi, welcome. Thank you. It is so nice to talk with you. And I know that you currently live in New Jersey. Is that where you grew up or did you grow up somewhere else? Nope, right here, um, New Jersey, all my life. I actually, uh, one town over, I, I grew up in Patterson, so and, I didn't go far. Okay. And what was your childhood like? Were you a creative kid? Were you always kind of artistic? Or was that not really part of your life when you were little? Well, that's when I learned to crochet at a summer camp. But I wouldn't say that I was necessarily a crafty person. I'm an only child. Or, uh, well, my mom's only child. So most of my favorite things are things that I could do by myself because I didn't have to share my toys or, you know, learn with someone else. So crocheting, um, I learned at camp and I can't even say that I really mastered it. I picked it up on and off off the years, but like I love to read. I always kept a diary like I'm dating myself by even using that term, but I always kept a diary. You know, I did things that I didn't need anyone else's. Uh, presence to enjoy. So was that necessarily crafty? I, I can't say, you know, the things that you did in school that was a part of the curriculum at the time, but I wouldn't necessarily label myself as crafty. No. Okay. And what did you think you wanted to do when you grew up? What were you planning to be? Or what did you think of yourself, um, you know, going off to school to study or do with your with your life? What did you envision for your future? 
this, this answer is, is a little loaded. Um, I want it to be better. To just put it in a, one simple word, I grew up in um, one of the worst housing projects in Patterson at the time. You know, my mom was single mom. She was on welfare. Um, I, I grew up in what people like to refer to as the ghetto. So my dream was to just be better. My dream was to go further then. I knew what that was like. I wanted to see what the rest of the world was like. So, you know, did I have a um, particular uh, occupation in mind that I want to be a teacher or a doctor or, you know, a scientist? I can't say that I had nailed down any one thing. I just knew that I wanted to be better. I wanted to get out of where I was. I wanted to not have to uh, rely on the government to take care of me. I wanted to learn enough, go far enough to get a job, to be able to take care of myself. So if I had to put it in a word, I wanted to be better. Okay. And so, and clearly you've done all of that. So I want, <laughs> so how did you do that? What, what was the step out? What was the first step out? Well, one thing that my mother and my grandmother uh, always instilled in me was to learn as much as I could. I grew up in the 70s, right? And and as you can, you're looking at me, but people don't, that have seen my picture see I am of a darker skin. And in my community, being dark skin wasn't a good thing, right? If you weren't light, you were less than. So my claim to fame or the way that I was able to stand out was to always excel in school. You know, so I always put my head to the books to make sure that I got straight A's. And then I grew up in a, in a household that my mother, B, was not tolerated. Like, what happened? You know, that she, she, she just, she had no room for that. It's funny, after I had Shelby, she, you know, oh, she got a C, a C, and you're okay with that? Like, if I got a B, I really needed to explain what happened, you know? And so we need to fix that, to change it. So, you know, that was my my ladder. That was my way out, education. I made sure that I excelled in school. I, I went to a different high school than where everyone else went to. I actually went to a technical high school, learned a trade that I never used. But I did that. You know, I was always just trying to gain tools so that I could be better. And, um, I you know, I went to college. I, did, I, get, I didn't complete it. I had to wind up coming back home because my grandmother got really sick, but that was my way out. Educating myself where I found most of those that I grew up with went to school only because we had to and didn't really try to apply themselves. Um, And I've watched a lot of people that I went to school with not do so well. So that was my way. I, I made sure that I educated myself. I made sure that I kept learning and putting myself in situations where you wouldn't necessarily see me or someone that looked like me. And I've never even really given that some thought. But yeah, that's that's what it did. Yeah. And I identify you now as a lifelong learner. I mean, I, you know, we'll talk later about how you came into knitting and then with these like open eyes learned all about knitting without, you know, right. you didn't know anything about it. And now you are an expert. So that was, I mean, I, I see that also as sort of a continuum of that same idea. Um, but anyway, we'll get there. So, so, um, you have a, a job and had a day job. I think you still have it, um, working in sales. And, um, is that right? You still hold that day job? I, 
I still work in sales. It's um, a little different than what I was doing. I worked for Verizon for 20, 22 years. Yeah, I worked for Verizon for 22 years. My first job, I, I, I've been working since I was 16. My first job, I worked at a restaurant in uh, what's now a big major mall, but it was just an outside little strip thing at the time. But I always had a job. I always made sure that I could get whatever I needed on my own. And then I, I lucked up and, and got hired into New Jersey Bell at the time and um, quickly moved up the ranks, quickly realized that I had a niche for selling. And then I realized that I was a good coach. Like I was really good at identifying other people's uh, qualities and help them hone them and, and, and refine them and really, you know, so I moved up the rankings in Verizon really quickly. And then 2012 happened and my life fell apart or came together, however you want to look at it, depending on which way you want to look at the glass. But in 2012 is when um, there was a major shift in my life. I lost both my parents and my job in a matter of, what, eight, ten weeks. And I could have laid down and, and said, woe is me. I, and I think I did for a little bit, but that's where the knitting came in. And um, I was unemployed for quite some time and very afraid because I had never been unemployed, not married. So didn't have a husband to lean on or and then just lost both my parents. So I didn't even have them to lean on. And knitting kind of helped me hold on, because I think if you think about mental illness and and people being in dark spaces, how you just feel like you're hopeless. And everybody uses this phrase now, but knitting saved my life. I, I can't say it enough. Like, I really don't know what, what I would have been had I not shifted my focus and taught myself and just really buried myself in my yarn. Like, I often say that I wrapped my heart in yarn to embrace for the impact of all that was happening to me. And I sincerely mean that. So yes, I am still in sales. And ironically, I am working back in Verizon indirectly. I work for a former vice president. Both he and I both got reduction in force um, from Verizon. He used to be my vice president at Verizon years ago. And he has a vending company. And he hired me on. I mean, I run his sales team for New Jersey. And my my folks sell Verizon products to high rise buildings. So I'm kind of back in the Verizon realm indirectly. But um, I'm a firm believer that everybody that you meet in life are there for a reason. You might not know it then, but you never know when you're going to cross their paths again. Because uh, when he bid for the New Jersey contract with Verizon at the meeting, he said, you know, now I got to find a coach. And somebody threw my name out. And he was like, wait, you mean my gay Glaspie? And they was like, I don't know about her being yours, but, you know, she's, he said, gay Glaspie that ran retention. And she, he was like, yeah, he said, call her. And the person was like, huh, call her and tell her to call me. You know, and I called him. He was like, come, come to Livingston. He said, I understand you looking for a job. I said, I am. He said, come meet me right now. And literally sat down, told me what the job was about. I was like, I don't know, you know, because it's um, a base and a commission. And I really was beyond that having the work for commission in my mind's eye. He was like, no, no, no. The commission is extra. It's not the bulk of it. 
And he was like, if you want the job, it's yours. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he literally got up, left me in a meeting that I had no idea about. He was like, okay, you got to finish completing this contract. He turned around. He said, those three guys over there need to be interviewed. Hire them if you like them. Don't. You can get more people. I'm getting back on the plane. And he left. I was like, okay. (laughs) You know, so... um, so, and that's because of yeah. my reputation. He knew yeah. me. He knew my work ethic. All those years later, like sight unseen, he just hired me. Like, it's yours. And I'm like, like the director of the office, she called me. She was like, hi, nice to meet you. But I need a little information, like your last name, <laughs> your social security <laughs> number, you know, I, you know, right. all but that your stuff. reputation <laughs> preceded you. And that was what yes. was important there. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I want to go back a little bit in this story because um, you did discover knitting while you were working at Verizon. And Correct. Um, it was a really kind of um, random story. Um, you had crocheted as a child, but knitting was something that I think you you sort of saw as being almost too complicated for you for some reason. <laughs> um, yes. And, and so tell us how um, you kind of came across like a knitting kit randomly. So... Okay, it does tie back into Verizon because I've always run a sales office. And one of our big things was incentives. So we always had prizes to dangle in front of the consultants to get them to achieve more. And it was the end of the year. So we were cleaning out the prize closet in preparation for the new stuff. And one of my reps, who I wound up teaching how to knit as well later on, ironically, she comes to me and she was like, Miss Gay, what you want me to do with this? And it was a cup. Reminds you of like one of those Starbucks cups that like if you put your Frappuccino in with all the whipped cream on the top, but it was yarn in it. And what you would think was a straw was two knitting needles sticking up at the top. And I said, do we have any more? She says, no. I said, well, give it to me. So I'm looking at, I slept on my desk. I said, well, I'll just take it home. So I opened it up and it was like a, a very bright variegated yarn, two small needles, maybe a US four or five. And it had a little piece of paper with what might as well have been Greek because it made no sense to me. Now, I, like I said, I crocheted. I could read a crochet pattern. I was like, I have no idea what this says. So I came home. I went online on YouTube. I found out what the codes meant. And I made my first little strip of whatever. They say it was a scarf. It was a mess. <laughs> but I did it. I learned to, I taught myself to do the knit stitch. I taught myself to do the pearl stitch and I did it. I put it away. I checked off. I could knit and I moved on. Fast forward, maybe three, four years from that initial introduction to it. And I'm still at work at Verizon and I'm walking past a coworker and she's making a hat. She's on a conference call, but she's knitting. And I grabbed a sticky and I'm like, I need you to make me one because it was, you know, it was bulky yarn. It was ribbing. It was seed stitch. It was so cute. So she looked up at me. She takes the sticky. She writes a note and I look at it and it's all the material I need. And she says, there's a Michael's right down the road on your lunch break. Go get this stuff. I was like, cool. No problem. Right. Because I'm thinking I'm going to buy the stuff and she's she's going to make make it. Right. Right. I came back, I put this stuff on her desk, I take another sticky, and I was like, just let me know how much. 
And I go to walk away. She grabs my hand and she's putting the bag in my hand. I'm like, what are you doing? She said, no, you're going to make it. I said, I can't do that. She said, I thought you said you taught yourself how to knit. I said, I can knit, but I can't do that. She said, yeah, you can. That day, she taught me how to knit in a round. She taught me two by two ribbing. She taught me seam stitch. What she didn't teach me initially was how to bind off because she told me the ribbing. She told me how many inches to do. I went to my desk. It was conference call day. So I'm on the conference calls and I'm, I got to the ribbon. I went back to her desk. She showed me how to do the, the seam stitch, told me to do that for however many inches, right? I got to that point, but it was time to go home, <laughs> right? I get home. I make dinner. I go back. I'm, you know, I'm measuring again, make sure I'm at the right spot. But there's a hole at the top of the hat and I, I, I crochet. So I pulled the needles out and I'm like, okay, this don't seem right. Cause I still got a hole. So I took the entire hat out. I started all over again. I was up all night. She came to work. I was sitting at her desk. I was like, why does my hat have a hole? She was like, oh God, I forgot to show you how to bind off. So her name is Jasmine. And I always say she started it. Cause then all I knew at the time though, was Michael's AC Moore, Joanne's, you know, that if you said yarn store to me, that was what I understood. And I think that's really and, common. I think most people yes. who are beginners, that's what they yes. know. How would you know anything else? Right. Correct. Correct. And, you know, she started me. So that's when my love, I, you know, the bigger the yarn, the better, um, that instant gratification. So, you know, I started making cows and, 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 you know, uh, triangles, shawls I think the first one I made you couldn't tell me nothing you know so I was really you know I had me a new best friend um and then it took one of my college friends that also crochets so much better than I do um I taught her how to knit because she wanted to make the hat where you get the hat from like I made it you made it you know so I showed her how to do it and she introduced me to a yarn store she kept saying we, I got to take you to a yarn store. And I'm like, well, if we go that way, there's an AC Moore. We go the other way, there's a Michaels. If you want to ride a little bit down the highway, we can go to Joanne's. She was like, no, a yarn store. I was like, I don't, we want a Hobby Lobby. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand what you mean. And she took me to, the place was called Knit Neck. They're closed now. Um, but that's when I say the yarn hoe was born because I had no idea, none whatsoever. Like you said, if you're a beginner in the industry yeah. and you really don't have someone that's on the inside, if you will, guide you through the process, you really don't know. I was blown away, blown away. And um, luckily, my first yarn stop experience kind of set my expectation because it was a fabulous shop the owner was so sweet and so helpful and the table you know her regulars everybody was just so welcoming you know nobody looked at me like oh you don't know what you're doing you're new why don't you understand these things everybody was just so accommodating and helpful and it kind of set the bar for what I expected that's um, great. That's great to hear because it's not, yeah. as mm -hmm. we all know, that's not always the case. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. I want to take a minute now to talk about our sponsor, Alive with Purpose. 
Alive with Purpose provides beautiful, high-quality hand-dyed yarns for our cause. A portion of all sales proceeds benefits mental health-supporting organizations in Minnesota. While the name doesn't necessarily scream yarn, your purchase will effectively reaffirm that all persons, regardless of diagnosis, are indeed alive with purpose. Ellie, the founder of Alive with Purpose Yarns, has a professional background in social services, as well as her own mental health diagnoses. It was during the summer of 2019, while she was receiving outpatient mental health treatment, that she learned how to dye yarn. She soon began to receive interest in her product. Looking to combine her love of the fiber arts and the desire to support the mental health population in her home state, Alive with Purpose was born. Since its inception, Alive with Purpose has financially supported such Minnesota organizations as Local Knitters and Stitchers Group, which makes cold weather clothing items for people in need, and organizations that meet with individuals in Manmoman County, the Minnesota county with the state's highest depression and suicide rates. In May of 2020, out of recognition of Mental Health Awareness Month, Alive with Purpose facilitated its own care package program in which 21 individuals throughout the United States and Canada with mental health needs and who use the fiber arts to cope with their symptoms received care packages, which included hand-dyed yarn from Alive with Purpose, free knitting and crochet patterns and books, and other personalized goodies. The care package program was such a success that Ellie is now working on developing packages for 2021. Alive with Purpose thanks you for your support. From now through August 31st, Craft Industry Alliance podcast listeners can use coupon code CIA2020 at checkout for a 15% off discount on any purchase. So go to alivewithpurpose.org to learn more. Thank you so much, Alive With Purpose. And now, back to my conversation with Gigi. And then how did you then kind of decide that, hey, maybe this is something I could start, you know, selling on Etsy or I could start a blog with or, you know, that I could transition into actually having an online presence with? Um, Yeah. How long did that take and, and who encouraged you or did someone encourage you to do that? Well, I'm glad you said the who because that all came about because of my my inner circle. Um, you know, I would just post things that I made for myself, you know, pictures of it on Facebook, you know, look what I did. Look, you know, I'm proud of myself. And they were like, well, I want one, you know, in this color and that color. And I'm like, okay, well, how much? I'm like, uh, I guess you could just pay for the yarn. Like I didn't even realize, you know, there was a possibility. So I would, you know, here and there sell things to friends and family members or whatever have you. And someone said, well, you should have an Etsy shop. I had no idea what Etsy was. I'm like, what is that? You know, so I went on Etsy and was instantly discouraged because, okay, look at all these people doing this and doing it well. There's no room for me here, you know. And they were like, no. And then somebody said, well, because, you know, I would have people that at the time I was an avid football fan. And football season, if you followed me and you weren't a football fan, I was annoying during football season. (laughs) And I would tell people, okay. It's August time to unfollow me, block me, whatever, or because here it comes, you know. And then I also realized now I was inundating people with my love of knitting. 
and they they weren't necessarily connected to me for that, right? So um, I did some research and I found you can do a fan page, right, on Facebook. So I want to say that same night, I, I started my fan page, I opened my Etsy shop, and I I think I connected to Instagram. And again, doing my research instantly discouraged me because I didn't see many people that looked like me. You know, the people that I did follow that had all the large followings and that were in these different events. Like I had no idea what Rhinebeck was. I remember when I kept seeing everybody saying they were working on their Rhinebeck sweater. sweater. <laughs> I I went on Ravelry looking for a pattern for the Rhinebeck sweater. Like I thought it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. You're like, what this, is this? Yeah. Right. Like plucky knitter. I remember I kept seeing the hashtag. It was Plucktober. What is that? You know, so, you know, you there's you, so you much can, lingo, literally. Yeah. Right. You can literally get lost in these hashtags. And, you know, I fell in love with Plucky, but then instantly knew I couldn't afford that. You know what I mean? And and if I could afford it, I didn't knit well enough to warrant that kind of money to make those things. And then because I knit with bulky, I had convinced myself that I couldn't knit with fingering. That's what real knitters did. Right, right, right. Right. So, you know, I don't know that I ever set out to be a presence. I just knew that I like it here. You know, this is even though it, I don't see many people that look like me, but the people that I have met have been nice, you know, and, and maybe I can do this. Like I am still pleasantly surprised at the growth, still pleasantly surprised at the reaction to me. Um because I'm just being me, I still get super excited when, you know, I discover a new yarn or I find a pattern that I'm in love with or, you know, I learn a new stitch. I don't know that anything was intentional. I just know it felt good. Yeah. Right. It started with it felt good. And I was in a space where most of my life was painful at the time. So I I went to my happy place. You know, I, I can go and look at patterns and find new yarn and you know that was my happy place and then once I saw that you know there were things like Rhinebeck like the first Rhinebeck that I went to and I'm watching you know everybody fangirling over as I was too getting online to meet this one and take a picture with that one and you know and I'm like wow you know this is a thing you know and I think the first time that uh, somebody recognized me as Gigi, right. like blew me away. Yeah, I, I was just because it took my daughter to say, "Ma," and I'm like, "Yeah." She said, "I think that lady's talking to you," and I'm like, "I didn't hear anybody say my name." She said, "No, she's saying Gigi," and I turned around because the woman was like, "Is that Gigi?" I think that's Gigi, and I heard her, but I actually looked to, to see who she was looking for because. My name's Gay. Like I Right. But know, like I, online, I not your presence. Right. Exactly. I didn't make the connection. Um and I'm still, you know, I, I I prepare for it now because now like I can't go places without like I could be in the building two seconds and before I get the first there's Gigi, you know. Right. And I'm so excited to meet everybody. But in, initially I was a little blown away, you know, that people paid attention enough to recognize me and to want to talk to me or, or, you know what I mean? Take a picture with, I was like, okay, you know, and then I think 
once I realized that it was possible, then is when I was like, oh, so I wonder if I could grow my following. I wonder, like I always had a blog and it was more for me than anybody else. I felt like, um, when you say you always had a blog, was this before knitting or no, this was a, it was, it was okay. As a part of the knitting. Right. Right. I can honestly say I didn't push it. Like I would write something, I would share it. If somebody responded fine, if they didn't find, I didn't make a big deal out of it. Like, I really think I've done my blogging injustice because my lack of self-confidence didn't leave room for me to show people that, you know, I've always written. I've, I've been a writer all my life because, like I said, only child, these were things I talked to myself. You kept the diary. Yeah. Right. My my diary was my imaginary friend. You know what I mean? Um, So I've always written and it it, it tickles me now when people like, oh, could you, would you you, like write an article? Like we'll pay you. I'm like, huh? I'm not a writer. They were like, uh, yeah, you are. You do it every day. Like, have you read your posts on Instagram? And I just don't look at it that way. I'm just doing what I always do. Yeah. Just talk to myself. Right. Well, and also, I, I mean, I think part of the reason that people, um, you know, recognized you and um, called your name, you know, when you come to shows and things like that is because you have a really natural affinity for connecting with people. You know, when you talk, when you go on YouTube or you go on Instagram Live and you just start talking, right, you're... You're talking to the camera and obviously, you know, you're alone in your room, (laughs) wherever you are. But the way that you're talking is so um, authentic and it's just real. And I think, I mean, I don't know whether you identify, maybe that that came through in your sales job too, when you were talking about being a coach and being able to talk to bring out the best in other people. Um, but I identify you as just somebody who's just a natural, I don't know if it's a teacher or just somebody who's able to really talk to other people in such a, a just a really authentic way. Um, I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit about how that comes to you. but You know, it's funny. The more I have these conversations, it just brings me back to different places. But you just reminded me of a situation at Verizon and in my leadership journey that where I learned. Right. And I think that's where I connect with people because I learned. I always had a large team. At one point I had. My call center had like 450 reps in it and I had what, 10 team leaders and I don't what three or four admins like I had a large team and I found out really quickly that I couldn't have one message I couldn't use a paintbrush to address them all they all needed something different from me and it was my job to deliver the version of me that they needed right um I always tell a story about the majority of my team was women and and I had what three guys and and one of my guys he his routine was he started his day in my office telling me about his night you know and at the time his uh his daughter was getting ready to go to prom and he was giving her a hard time about the dress that she wanted to wear so every day at lunch 
we had to hear about these battles and see the pictures. And we were trying to explain to him, listen, let the girl, you know, there's nothing wrong with the dress. It's not, I've seen worse. I said, let her wear it because all you're going to do is force her to wear something she doesn't want to wear. She's going to sneak that other dress. She's going to wear it anyway. You know, this was the conversation. So it was time to get her shoes. And he was explaining everything to me. And I promise you, I was listening to him. However, I am a multitasker by nature. I can't sit still. It's painful. Right. So like even here with you, I'm sitting here trying not to look at my work laptop, (laughs) not pick up my phone. That's just who I am. Yeah. So I was listening to him. I was responding to him, but I was, I did not look at him. I was still, I was catching emails as they were coming. I was taking notes. So we had our conversation. I remember distinctly telling him if he didn't get that girl, the shoes she wanted, I was going to call and I was going to buy the shoes. (laughs) Stop playing with the baby and go ahead. Right. So five minutes later, I look up. And like I said, if there was 10 of them, I had seven girls and three guys on my team. Right. I look up, all the girls are at the door. I'm like, good morning. They was like, what did he do? I'm sorry. He's all upset. He says you're mad at him. What did he do? What, did, what didn't he do? Did he miss a deadline? We'll fix it. We'll, we'll help him. I said, what are you guys talking about? They said, he's all in a tizzy. He just came storming out of here. He said you're mad at him. I'm mad at who? I just had a whole conversation with him. What are you talking about? So now I had to sit there and replay that conversation in my head and try to figure out what did I do to make him think that he was I was upset with him. And the only thing that I could put my finger on was like I never looked at him like I was listening to him. I was responding, but I didn't give him eye contact. Mm. Right. So from that day forward, every time that he darkened my door, I turned my computer screen away so I couldn't see it. I turned my phone upside down and give him what he needed. Mm-hmm. And it stopped. He stopped feeling like I was mad at him. So then I realized, okay, I can't just be me generically to everybody. I got to figure out what people need, right? And I found in this knitting niche, in this Gigi made it world, people need the real. They, they need the reality. They need to know that they can make a mistake and it's okay. They need to know that, yeah, I'm uncomfortable wearing certain things because I am a larger size woman. They need to know. They're not the only people that feel like that. They might not say it out loud, but I feel that way too. I was afraid of making sweaters. I was uncomfortable. A cable, I can't do that. So when I say that, it's like it gives other people permission. And I've learned that in this space, my followers, right? I can't speak for anybody else's followers, But my followers, that works for them. So I think back then is when I figured out that I have to give people what they need from me. You know, I am a giver. I am a caretaker. I am a mother hen. That's just my nature. I'm going to, you know, I would get in so much trouble at Verizon as a leader because I would not allow anybody to come in my office yelling at my team about whatever. You got an issue, you bring it to me. I'll deal with it. You know, I would step in front of my team. You know, I'll take the hit. Don't, you know, I'm just a mother hen that way. And I have to pull back sometimes because my type of love can be suffocating sometimes. But I'm a caretaker. Like, if I love you, I take you under my wing and I'm going to fight a brick in your behalf. Right. So but I've learned that I have to modify that based on what people need. And I've quickly figured out 
that one, and this is from pure testing. I can take pictures, Abby, of just my project. And I'll get some comments and I'll get some likes. But put me in the picture. I don't care what I'm doing. A picture of me and all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. They want me. And I've learned this. This is not about uh, me sort of pride. This is just pure numbers, pure statistics, pure research, just paying attention. They want me. They want me to say how I'm feeling, whether it's good or bad. That vulnerability, I think, is Mm -hmm. what it is. They want to hear the realness of your life experience. And it's sometimes Mm -hmm. good and it's sometimes hard. Mm-hmm. And they, that's really what they, the, your audience in particular yep. really mm-hmm. is connecting with. And I, and I think yep. that's really real. And, um, and I think I, if you wouldn't mind, I would love if you would tell the story about orange, because I know that orange is your signature color. And right. it's, it's interesting to, um, to have that signature color. And I, I do think uh, to me, it, I wonder whether first, it helps you with your brand identity. I mean, has it helped you to have orange be a brand identity for you that when people see orange yarn in general in the knitting world now, that they see it and they think, Gigi, number one, has that helped? And number two, can you just talk a little bit about how you came to reclaim orange for yourself? Okay. So so the first answer is very number one. Yes, it definitely has helped because people, I, I can't even make you understand the number of times a day I am tagged in something orange, anything orange, a car, somebody's door, <laughs> a flower. I mean, anything. I have anything. That's orange. funny. Okay. People tag me. Did you, did you see this? And the thing you probably did, you probably have a hundred people send it to you. They did, but thank you. It's okay. You know, that's cause cute. I, okay. anything that's orange, they send me. So the story about orange, so we'll go back. You asked about a childhood. You asked about little Gigi. As I said, I grew up in the 70s. And in our culture, uh, there's a thing called colorism. And that is, if you go back to slavery, you'll hear a term, a field slave versus a house slave, right? So the lighter skinned, the fairer skinned slaves were allowed in the house because they were closer to looking white where the dark ones were forced to work in a slave and usually mistreated and got the worst treatment, okay? That behavior stayed in our community because if you were not light-skinned, you were not considered attractive. You were far from pretty. You were anything but pretty. So I grew up most of my life thinking that I was ugly, one, because of the tone of my skin, Um there's a belief if you are dark skinned, you are not to wear bright colors. So I have always loved the color orange. I mean, orange, vitamin C, sunshine. What, what is there not to like, right? If you like Halloween, you know, if you like pumpkins, sweet potatoes, it makes me think about Thanksgiving. I just, I've always loved it. However, I was taught that I can't wear bright colors because I'm so dark. So I hid the fact that I loved orange most of my life, the majority of my life. I would say to you that I just started really saying, you know what? One, I'm not ugly. And that took me damn near 50 years to say that out loud and sincerely 
believe it. Okay, because people would say to me, oh, gay, you're so pretty. I'd be like, oh, you just, you love me. So you have to say that. That's that would be my response. It was never just a pure. And even if I did say thank you, I said thank you. But I'm just like, you love me. What are you going to say? I'm ugly. You love me. You know, um, I said, I'm going to start wearing my orange, you know, and I would put on a piece here or there. And I think it was I was in Florida. I think when it just really pushed me into it because I was doing contract work. I was a trainer and there was an older woman that I walked past every day to get to my classroom. And every day she would stop me. You are so pretty and you dress so nicely. I just love the way that you look every day, every day. Thank you. She would just fill me up every day. If I was coming in, I wasn't feeling good. I knew I had to walk past her and she would say something. It was either the jewelry I had on my hair looked nice. That's a nice lipstick, something. She just, she's an older black woman. She always has something good to say. So one day I'm going to the bathroom and she stops me and she pulls me down. You know, I, I went away and she waved me over. I come closer. And now as you could tell, she wanted to talk in my ear. She didn't want anyone else to hear her. And she said to me, she said, baby, you're so pretty. I said, thank you. She said, but you know, you can't wear them bright colors. She said, you, you can't wear. And I looked at her and I said, why? She said, we just don't do that. She said, when you're dark like me and you, you can't, you can't wear. And I was like, but you just told me how pretty I am. She was like, you're beautiful. I said, okay, so do I, did, it, did, it, did this bright shirt that I have on take away from my beauty? And she was like, no. I said, so why did you feel the need to stop and tell me that? She said, you know, we've always, I said, we have been told that. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. But I don't feel like we need to continue that. And I promise you. That day I left and I went shopping and I searched for every orange thing yeah. that I could find. You yeah. pro- That next day, you probably could see me from the moon. I had on everything orange that I could find. And she just looked at me and I said, you're not going to tell me I look pretty today? She said, you look gorgeous. I said, she, you don't think I look pretty in orange? She said, you're glowing today. I said, we got to stop this. I said, I'm going to be 50 soon. And all my life, I felt like there was something wrong with that. I'm getting ready to get emotional. But, um, yeah, that's when I don't think she realized that her stepping on my toes that day, she set me free. Because yeah. I'm just like, every. I don't care. what I could have came in that place in my pajamas. She would stop me and say, oh, my God, here she comes again. Oh, you smell so good. And she, she's had just such, but because it was ingrained in her. And I can't necessarily say I was upset with her. Right. But she said it because she was my same complexion. And she and now that I think about it, she always had on black or gray, you know, or brown or beige. You know what I mean? Just living and, and in those the, limits. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. that's what we were taught. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you've just reclaimed that for yourself. And I and I'm so glad you did. And I feel like also age helps in a way. Right. I mean, I feel it like does. as we get older, mm-hmm. for me, too, I, I felt yeah. like. I can just do whatever I want. And that's really helped me. It's right. helped me a lot. But um, yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to talk um, about a really powerful video that you recorded back on June 1st called Stand in the Gap. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a, a video that I watched and was really, really affected by. And I think a lot of people watched and felt the same way. And I wanted to 
you to just talk about what made you record it and, and what the um, message was, I guess, and and um, and what the effect has been for the community who've watched it. Okay. So in order to talk about standing the gap, we just got to go backwards a little bit to January of last year. Yeah. So what I've kept saying was, Yes, I loved it. I felt good here in this community, but I didn't see many folks that looked like me. Right. Um, when I changed my logo to what it is now. You, you have know, a beautiful the, logo. The, thank you. The, the woman in the chair with the natural hair knitting because I didn't see me in knitting. I didn't see me in patterns. I didn't see me in magazines. I did not see me. Right. So. That kind of opened up knitters to say to me, oh, my God, where'd you get that? Like, I've never seen. And I'm like, that's my logo. Oh, my God. You know, like, you know, so it was just like it was something bigger than the craft for us. Right. So. And still to this day, as I continue to grow, I will get a black person that will say to me, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for showing up for us. Thank you for letting the world see that we do knit. Right. So January happened. Uh, and, you know, the blog post, the whole diversity and inclusion conversation reared its head, right? My readers, my, my family, my fiber friends kept asking me, what did I think? What did I think about what? The blog post, what blog post? The one that everybody is arguing about. Well, if they're arguing about it, I don't want to know about it. Like, I'm not that person at all. That is just so not who I am. Um, but my followers, they kept, kept, kept. They wanted my opinion. That was clear. So I read it. And, you know, I didn't have the popular opinion, but I felt like it's her blog. It's her words. She can say what she want to say. Right. I felt like where it went left for her is people need to learn how to apologize. And we don't do that. People instantly go on defense. Um, try to explain what they intended versus what actually happened. Right. And that's when I just used an analogy, and I think that's the trainer in me coming out, try to simplify something, right, so that everybody can understand it. And I said, my toe, my pain, right? I, I used the analogy. If you step on my toe, whether you intended to do it or not, it still hurt. And you don't get to say to me, just because you didn't mean to step on it, that it doesn't hurt. It's my toe, and it's my pain. Well, that catapulted me into the foreground, and I literally had to stand at my Instagram door like, hey, don't follow me because I'm black. I don't deserve that. That's not fair. And if you're looking for color, the only one I have is orange. Like, don't. Don't do that. So, like, I had to really, because my growth went bananas last January. Like, I ended 2018 disappointed, actually, because I had a goal. I wanted to hit 10K, and I was at, like, 9,600 at the end of the um 2018 and I went from 9600 in December to 20,000 by the end of January because it follow Gigi follow Gigi follow Gigi I was like slow down follow me for what like relax I'm not a diversity expert the only thing that I can tell you is the path that I've walked in these shoes as a black woman outside of that like stop I'm you know so the growth came and I really expected the growth and then the drop off Right. Because it was it was popular to follow black people and it was starting to become popular to follow Gigi. Right. 
don't do that. Do some research. I might not knit the things that you like. I might not. My voice might not be what you want to hear. You know what I mean? Like I, in fairness, I don't just blindly follow anybody. I go through their feed. You know, I, I curate my feed. My thumb scroll is important to me. Right. So I don't just blindly follow anybody. So, okay, that slowed down. And then here we go again with another RIP, another hashtag, another, you know, and I'm like, you know, as a black person, unfortunately, this is everyday life to us. And you get tired of it. Right. So you get tired of seeing, you know, oh, my God. Da, da, da. So it started out where I started getting inundated with DMs. Are you OK? So that was the first video. No, I'm not. Why would I be? Right. Why would I be? George Floyd looks like my uncle. Like, you know what I mean? Like that could have been my family right now trying to figure out how to get justice. I said, so no, I'm not okay. So the next onslaught of questions was, what can I do for you? You know, like, I'm sad to see you. It's bothering me that you're sad. It's bothering me that you're hurt. Gigi, how can I help you? Gigi, don't be sad. And I was like, first of all, it's bigger than me. I'm happy that you guys are upset that I'm upset, but you got to see past me and realize this is a bigger picture, right? So people kept asking me, what can you do? And that same day I saw the video or the picture, I think it was a video of the group of white people locking arms, standing in front of the protesters between them and the police. And I was like, that's it. That's it right there. That's what I need you to do. I need you to stand in that gap because we're at a place. There's nothing that a black person can say or do that's going to change anything. We need help. Okay. So when I said stand in the gap, did I expect the reaction that I get? I didn't know. I was in my feelings. I was the trainer in me trying to find a way to say it that people would understand. Right. Because you need people to listen to hear me, not listen to defend themselves. So going at a person, oh, you're a racist, you're this and that, naturally you're going to defend yourself. I am not. You know, why was he there? What did he do? You know, defense is going to come in, and now we're at odds. I needed to find a way to say, even if you are, I need your help. Right? If you are following me and you are concerned that I'm upset, that I'm crying, that all of my posts have been sad, right? If that's bothering you, I need your help. If you would normally look at something on TV, you know, another black person gets killed and your first instinct is, well, why was he there? What was he doing? I need your help. I need you to hear me to understand my pain. I need you to understand that you can talk to that police officer. And get him to possibly listen. If I open my mouth, I'm going to get hurt and possibly die. Right? I see you can have an altercation. Argue with the police. Tell him he don't have no business stopping you. You get to go home. I go home too, but I go home dead. So stand in the gap. Right? So, And then and that's what I had to explain. The gap is so many things. The gap is that yarn store that you sat there and you watched them ignore me. I'm a lot of things. I'm not insignificant. I don't know if this fits into this type of podcast, but I have large breasts. 
if you don't see me, you see these twins on my chest. Never mind, I'm covered in orange. So you would have to be blind to see me. So when you're sitting at that table and you're watching the owner as well as everyone else at that table ignore me and you know the only reason they're ignoring me is because I'm black, stand in the gap. If you don't agree, don't sit there silently because your silence is giving power to their beliefs. That's what the gap is. And I felt like people were needed something that they can do, needed something. You know, everybody was like, you got to be uncomfortable to get past this. I'm not I'm not big on that call out culture, that cancel culture. I, I just think that's going to cause more strife. Right. I am always searching for a way to get you to, to hear me. Right. And I think standing in the gap gave people something they could do right now. You ain't got to leave your house. You don't have to uh, make a protest sign. You don't have to dodge rubber bullets, put, have gas thrown in your direction. You could do something right here and now because that gap starts at your kitchen table. That gap goes to work with you. It's in your cubby. It's across from your cubby. It's at the lunch table with you. At what? It's in Starbucks. Stand in the gap. Right. So. I was in my feelings again, but the the trainer in me was trying to find a way, and that's what came to me. And I kind of recorded it and went to sleep because it took everything out of me. I woke up to like, oh, okay. Like, I never know what's going to get the, the reaction. Never, I'm, I'm always, I think because I'm so used to being disappointed that I don't have, I don't expect anything so that I'm not disappointed. So I'm never like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to push me over the top. No, I'm just telling you how I feel. And if you're asking me how you can help, this is how I think you can. So I was blown away. I still am. People sending me pictures. You know, they purchased my T-shirts and the entire family has on. From the middle, (laughs) the middle, the middles, the wife, the hubby, everybody. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, or the stories that people are sharing with me that, you know, my husband is the one to say, well, what do he do? You know, he said, and when I ordered the shirts, he was like, stand in the gap. What does that mean? He said, I'm, I, I want better for you. I'm going to let Gigi tell you. You listen. He said, he went and he ordered another shirt. She said, he's, he wanted a tumbler. He said, because I'm taking this to work with me because I'm going to have this conversation. For me to be able to say something, as simple as stand in the gap and reach people. Right. It's powerful. I could could log off and never log back on again. I feel like I've done something. You know what I mean? Um, And it's just interesting to, to listen to people because I would always get Abby, if I did share something that happened to me, you know, go in the yarn store and they totally ignored me. Yeah. Right. But what I would never do is tell you what yarn store. Sure, you're not calling them I'm, out. You're I'm just not, I'm not you're explaining that. that it happens. Right, and I would always get well. They didn't know it was you, Gigi. Please tell me what that means. What is there to know if it's a public store and they are about selling yarn? If I walked in that store, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter that it's you or not you. I came you. to buy right. yarn, right? So why would I be treated any differently? You know, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not because of that. You know, everybody, you got to stop with the race thing. That's not what it's about. Okay, so what was it about? I didn't say anything, so they can't say they was ignoring me because I was rude, right? And I enter every store first. 
I'm outside taking pictures. You I'm have so selfies. much enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, right. And then, you know, if I do get someone to at least acknowledge me, I always say, listen, I have a blog. I like to take pictures. Are you okay with that? Because some people will say, please don't take pictures. Okay, I won't. You know what I mean? So I always ask, if you give me that opportunity. But people kill me with the, they didn't know it was you. Please make me understand what that means. You know, and I've had so many people now double back and say, you know what, Gigi, I'm sorry. Because, like, I had no idea. Okay, standing in the gap is, that's not an excuse anymore. Right. You can't, you cannot continue to say I didn't know. You're choosing not to know. You're turning your head, right? So, you know, the whole conversations were, oh, why are they tearing up stuff? And why are they this and that? And they're thugs. Okay. But. Take your kid. I Go one better. My dog, okay? You don't give Gunner the attention that he wants. He's going to go get something that he knows is going to get your attention. He's going to tear it up. Because, okay, here she come now. That's all I wanted. Roll over on his belly. Rub me. Mm-hmm. No, you just ripped up my yarn. Yeah, but I was trying to get your attention for an hour. You ignored me. So I know how to get you to come out here. Right? So to say that You know, do I think anything should have been torn up or buildings burned up or destroyed property? None of that. No, I don't. But what you guys are or what people are negating to see, I have been screaming at the back of your head for years. Help me. I've been screaming of these injustices, screaming at the top. Only time you pay attention is when I tear up something. Think about it. There's still protests going on. Is it on the news now? No. Why? Because they're peaceful. So eh, that's not sticking with the stereotypes. That's not sticking with the animals and the thugs. That's not, that doesn't fit that narrative. So we're not going to cover that. People don't, they, you know, you don't, it's just, yeah. so that's the gap. Like understand, you know, I feel like I've done my job. If you now even recognize the gap, whether you decide to stand in it or not, but now that you see it, Right. And see how vast it is. And it's it's so big. You know, we could talk about the knitting industry all day long. The gap exists, right? But it exists everywhere. Oh, it absolutely does. Absolutely. Everywhere. So, you know, you know, did January, was January painful? It was, but it I, it needed to happen. In my opinion, it needed to happen. So, you know, Again, I'm not about the cancel culture and the call out culture. My thing is, if I see if you there have been people that have done things to me, you know, I have been referred to in my face as your black friend. What? No, I thought I was your friend. Mm. And I had that conversation with that person. Now, I've gained the following. Could I have gone on my page and put that person on blast? And giving them a whole lot of heartache, I could have if I was that type of person. I'm not. I let that person know that I did not appreciate being referred to as her black friend. You hurt my feelings. You know, she apologized, but apologized and then her whole behavior towards me changed, which proved what she said was true. I was simply her black friend. I was not her friend. And okay, I understand you move on. But... I don't I don't feel like you get anything out of that whole call out thing. I went to her directly. We had our conversation. I said how I felt. She said what she said. Her actions proved to me 
that what she said wasn't true, that what she said initially that I called her on was the truth. And it is what it is. You live and you learn, right? And you move on. But, um, yeah. Now, have I been given a whole lot of opportunities since? Like I said, we were talking earlier. Uh, this year was going to be a year for me. Like, you had so many wonderful opportunities. Um, And we will talk next about the opportunity that you do have coming up. But you were supposed to be traveling, you were going to be at Squam, and doing all these wonderful things. And and unfortunately, this pandemic has just ruined a whole lot of things. (laughs) Right. But you know, so here we go. So I, I, I just have to throw this in, right? So Adela from Lola Bean Yarn Co. refers to it as the black wave, right? Because everybody wanted to follow black people, right? And and people of color and BIPOC, which I'm I'm not a fan of, but that term because it just lumps us. That's why I will I will not refer to myself as a person of color. I am a black person because it matters. When I move on your street, it matters. When I walk in your store, it matters. When I apply for the loan, I'm a black person. So um, so we said January 2019 was black wave number one. Black wave number two, this one, like, knocked me down. Because where over a month's time, I did, like, 10,000 followers. This time, I, I increased by 10,000 in about a week or two. Like, just just knocked me completely over. So I've been overwhelmed with the request for my presence. Because here's the thing. Can I say yes to everybody? I can. But I'm not attaching myself to you if I don't like your beliefs. I'm not attaching myself to you if I go through your your feed even if I just take a quick scroll on your Instagram feed, and I don't even see black yarn, never mind a black person. No, I'm not your token. Right? So I am stuck with the, who is this now and what do they want? You know what I mean? Like my email box is ridiculous right now. Have I lost like, and this was the first time around too. I hesitate because who are you? I've never heard of you before. You know, what's your reputation? I don't know that I want to come to your event and be your keynote speaker. Like, what are your beliefs? I don't, you know, so by the time I start researching, I've I've missed out on a lot of opportunities because they've gone to somebody else that said yes quickly. And okay, I felt like that wasn't meant for me. And I'm okay with that, you know. Um, So again, black wave number two, you know, Gigi, 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 Gigi. And then after I did the, the fundraisers, Like, I felt dirty because now everybody wants me to do their fundraiser. Who are you? You don't even follow me. And you want me to do what? This is all about the money at this point. This is all about I need a black face so I can look like, you know, no. No. Mm -mm. Like, the two people that I did the fundraiser with, Bertie Parker, Christy, and Damie from Magpie, I know both those women. Okay. Both those women met me, the knitter. Both those women, we just naturally had relationships from one woman who likes to knit to another woman who likes to knit. Now, Christy and I fight because she thinks she likes orange more than I do. But, <laughs> you know, that, that those relationships were sincere. Those are my favorite. Like, when you look up and say, when did I get to a point where I had to talk to Adela every day? When did I get to a point where... 
I looked at my wife like, oh, I ain't talked to Adele today. You know what I mean? Like, when did that happen? Those are the kind of relationships I covet because they naturally progress. I don't like people meet me at 2 o'clock and by 2.05, oh, Gigi's my best friend. What? Do you even know what Gigi stands for? Do you know that those are my initials? Do you know my real name? Like, slow down. And that's what I'm getting right now. Like, I'm getting all of the rush to have Gigi involved in something. And I think what bothers me the most about it, Abby, is those that I knew anyway, and they couldn't be bothered to invite me or ask me or want me. But now that it's popular, oh, let me go. Don't do that to me. That's not fair. If you didn't, if you weren't interested in me before and you knew me, don't. What changed? Because I have it. What changed? I'm still me. I'm still the same, orange-loving, Gigi, seriously? Does everything have to be orange? Yep, it does. Right? That's still me. So what changed? Because you knew me. Now, the people that are new to me, I get it, right? But I still tell them back up just a little bit. Do a little research. I might not be what you want. Just because somebody is telling you to follow me is not necessarily, if I tell you to jump off the side of a building, are you going to do it? Like, easy, right? So that part of this is what makes me uncomfortable because I leave with my heart. And if I'm going to be like when I get excited about something, you can't buy that. You can't sponsor that. You can't offer me. No. And it's clear when you right when you watch your YouTube videos and you've gotten something new, some mail and you're like right. sharing your mail your like little dance and <laughs> your excitement about that product. And a lot of times there are things that you bought. I mean, you're just so excited about those things. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't, you know, I tell people all the time, you can't purchase that. Right. So, so yeah, that, that's been, yeah. And that's a gap too. That's a gap. Like seriously, somebody in your world should say, okay, yeah, we, we probably need Gigi. But we might want to get to know it first. Right. You know, instead of just. And then you have people like, I won't answer the email. Abby, sending me 25 more after that is not going to make me change my mind. Like if I ignored you the first time, I'm just going to block you now. So it doesn't come like stop. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And and let's talk um, before we get to your recommendations. Let's talk about. Knit stars because that's really exciting and is and is a bright star in a year that there has been quite a few disappointments due to not being able to travel and have in person events. So you're going to be teaching this class and it's kind of a unique class for knit stars. It's going to be called sustainable growth, finding mm-hmm. your own voice through authenticity, consistency, and vulnerability. And I just think that sums up who you are and what you do best so, so well. So talk a little bit about what this class is all about. Ooh. So if we could talk about Shelly and her stick to itness, because when she first came to me, I'm like, I'm very much aware of knit stars and I am so not that. Like, what do you mean you want me in season? Like she, when I tell you she wrapped her arms around me and wouldn't let me go, she was like, no, you're going to do this. Good for we her. Were this out. She, <laughs> I, I'm like, Shelly, she was like, Gigi, she was like, we will figure out what you're going to teach. You need to do this. I'm like, ma'am. And up until like hit go, I still was like, 
you got a backup? You have somebody that she was like, no, I don't have a backup because you're going to do this. Yeah. We, you got this. So, you know, I've designed a few things, but I don't call myself a designer. It was just me fiddling around. I don't have graph paper. I don't make charts. And I, you know, yeah. the Bible Shrugs was a happy accident, right? I'm not a designer. I tell people that, oh, Gigi, no, I'm not. Right. If I probably put my mind to it, I probably could. But I, yeah, no. Right. I like making stuff other people design. I'm good with that. Um, so my thing was, what am I going to teach? She said, you need to teach you is what she said. I, I love does that. that mean? I love that. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. So when I thought about it, I have written an article, my first paid article um, with making stories. And it was about growing and sustaining it. And when I sat down and thought about it, I said, we could talk about this because I felt like if you take, it's it's 10 stars, right, in a season, and the majority of them are teaching you something, whether how to write a pattern, how to, you know, make something, they're teaching you something. And most people that are going to take this type of thing are looking to grow from it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I figured I could be the glue and I really feel like I want to share with Shelly, I haven't said this to her yet, that my course be last. Like if there's an order that you have to take the courses in, that I be last. Because now you take everything that you learned, right? And now figure out how that's going to help you grow in whatever way. Whether you just, you're, you're a crafter, this is a hobby, and you want to grow your audience, this is going to help you. If you're trying to do business and you want to grow your business because in order to grow your business, you need the people, this is going to help you, you know, because I think what people miss and um, there's a woman that I follow on YouTube, Sunny, but she talks about how to grow and all that stuff. And she, I mean, has a tremendous platform, like the number of her followers is amazing, right? But she just figured out because of all this going on, this social unrest. And she did a video expressing how she felt, right? And she said she lost some followers, but those that stuck around was like, oh my God, I've never heard you speak like this. And I've never heard you say these things. And she was like, and I was just being me, you know? And I said, people fail to realize that you don't have to fit into this perfect Instagram square, right? You don't have to have the perfect layout, flat lay picture. That That's not what people keep coming back for, right? Even the accounts that have that is something about the person that's doing that layout that's driving them, right? That keeps them coming back. They want humanity, so yeah. They want you at yeah. the end of the day. And people are afraid to, to be vulnerable, to say, like my post today on my blog, I said the three things that I've learned in knitting the hard way, right? People was like, oh my God, I didn't think anybody else did that. I did that too. You know what else? You know, so everybody is just like, right. it's like a sigh of relief right. to admit that I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, guys, we all make mistakes. And it cracks me up the things that people react to and they go crazy. And it's usually something like that. Like I had a, a conversation. One of my blog posts I did recently was body conscious. Right. Yes. You mm-hmm. know how I've always 
looked at stuff, you know, I needed to be oversized and roomy because I think I'm hiding these two people that live on my chest and it's not possible. Right. So when I got comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm going to make a sweater that fits. Right. The people were just like, oh, my God, Gigi. Me too. Right. Right. So that's what my course is going to be about, how you can grow and even things that you feel like are flaws. To get comfortable sharing your real you. Because you're going to draw people to you that felt the same way. And believe it or not, there's more of them out there than not. Right. So, you know, I need to teach. My goal is to teach people that vulnerability is not a bad thing. One, it's not going to take anything to you got to be consistent, though. That's the thing that people, you know, you got to show up. Even if only one person is there to watch you, you got to show up. Right. So that's what my my course is going to be that's about. Fantastic. And, you know, some, some tools and things of that nature. But it yeah. is off the, the beaten path of your traditional. But I really think that in a world where vanity metrics matter, um, this will help people figure out and listen to and pay attention to their audience to see what it is that they want. Yeah, that's you know, that'll great. keep them consistently coming back. So that's what uh, my my knit stars would be about. But another thing that mind blown still. Yeah, and I that comes out myself. Uh, this fall, correct? That's going to be fall, okay. Yep, so yep. people can can it'll come be open back up. Yeah, it'll fall. be open back up for um, sale in September. I think I don't okay. know the exact date. Okay. All right, great. But yeah, that's coming. Yeah, that's exciting. So I want to just, um, I want to get to a, uh, just a few of your, um, your recommendations. And okay. one, one of the ones that I, I love is the Oso Paper Planner stickers because these are just charming and so adorable. Are they, aren't they yes. Did you go, did you yes. go with them? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're great. So, so two things, right? The cute side of them, they are just super, super cute. Yes. Right? I, I've just stumbled down the rabbit hole. I've always had a planner. I had no idea about the sticker world. And I opened up that hole and jumped in head first. Like I, you know, every time I get mail stickers, shove my daughter's like, mommy, seriously. I'm like, <laughs> just yep. mind your business and give me my mail. <laughs> They're so right? cute. They are the cutest. But the flip side of it is, goes right back to that diversity yeah. and that inclusion, right? It feels good to see your, your replication, yeah. right? It's, so, it, it's good to be able to see yourself, right? Even if you didn't imagine some of the scenes that she has the characters in, when you can see it out there, it puts that hope in your mind. It, it, it gives you now a target to go after, right? So... Are they the cutest stickers ever? They are, but they have so much more meaning than just that sticker. Yeah. So these are, they're little stickers that you put in your planner and they're Mm -hmm. like black women, um, just, and, but they're also just beautifully drawn and adorable. Yes. 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 So, and and the thing about it, she has both, like you can get the same characters, you know, the white version of it. She has both. But what I love again is, representation matters you know it makes a difference to for a little girl to be able to absolutely you know i can only imagine what my mindset 
of what my self-confidence would have been like had you had, had I seen more of me as yes. a kid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm yeah. so glad they're yeah. out there. Um, yeah. And then just falling back in love with reading um, was another one of your recommendations as well. And I've been reading a lot of books recently myself. I feel like being stuck at home has helped me <laughs> have more time to read. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. but Yeah, well, my daughter is the reason I'm back into the reading thing. I've always been a reader. Again, as I said to you, you know, only child, most of my favorite things didn't require anyone else. My daughter just recently started her own book club. It's called Shelby and the Book Club on Instagram. Yes. And she has a book of the month. And, you know, I'm I'm like, all rah, rah, do it. You know how mommies are. You know, you're proud of your children. And, you know, every day she was giving me updates. Mommy, I got this many followers. I got that many followers. Good for you. Very proud of her. I didn't know she expected me to read along. Oh. With book, right. Because, you know, she was announcing, you know, we start the book tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Again, cheerleader. I'm the best cheerleader in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm in the lives. I'm cheering her on. She walked past my room. She was like, Mommy, you got your book yet? I said, <laughs> Like, what? I need to do that. <laughs> you, you want. You want me to read it too? Uh, okay, let me download it. You know, so I I listened, um, but I forgot how much I enjoyed that. Um, I'm the type of reader that if the book is turned into a movie, I won't watch the movie because the main character is never as handsome as I envisioned. Oh yeah, me too. I, I they always look different from how I yeah uh, yeah I yeah. know. The house is never as raggedy or as grand yeah. as I envisioned it. You know what I mean? So I usually do not watch the movie if I've read the book. But yeah, she has um given me back that love. I oh, mean I have bookshelves full of books, but I just really had just moved away from it. So that's it's great. good to have it back. Yeah. All right. Well, Gigi, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. It was really wonderful talking with you. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed chatting with you as well. And you've been listening to the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today's episode was brought to you by Alive with Purpose. Alive with Purpose provides beautiful, high-quality, hand-dyed yarns for a cause. A portion of all sales proceeds benefits mental health supporting organizations in Minnesota. While the name doesn't necessarily scream yarn, your purchase will effectively reaffirm that all persons, regardless of diagnosis, are indeed alive with purpose. From now through August 31st, 2020, enter coupon code CIA2020 for a 15% discount on any purchase. Go to alivewithpurpose.org to learn more. Thank you so much, Alive With Purpose. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals, and when you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.